Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Housing for the homeless in St. Louis has been a controversial issue for a long time. Government and private entities have provided housing on many different levels. In 2010, the homeless took it into their own hands by establishing a tent city on the riverfront. The population was diverse and self-reliant, but was not without its problems, and was shut down by the city two years later. The story has been made into a documentary film titled Living in Tents, which is having a premiere showing at the Tivoli in University City tonight. Joining me in studio to talk about it are Paul Crane, the filmmaker-director of Living in Tents. Irene Augustin is director of the St. Louis Human Services Department. She once managed the homeless division of the department. And Cynthia Duffy is executive director of Gateway Housing First. It helps provide housing for people who need it. Thank you all so much for being with us. Paul, let me start with you. What, what drew you to this story? What drew you to Tent City? Yeah, I, um, I, I didn't know much about homelessness before or Tent Cities or anything, so that's what made me initially curious about it. I was around taking pictures, and I just found myself seeing some blue tarps through the tents and like I was just telling them um everyone was so friendly down there and so inviting and I was everything about it just surprised me and with the volunteer support there was just a lot of good energy at the time that I showed up at the tents and it was just a place I wanted to be and get to know people and find out what makes someone homeless and want to live that way or Irene but it was a problem for the city it definitely was at the time um, and still is in terms of, you know, making that balance in terms of what kind of emergency services, outreach services we need to um, connecting people to permanent housing options. Tents, unfortunately, are not a safe option, nor is it a place meant for human habitation. So that's one of the big concerns in terms of when we look at safety with it. But in terms of kind of what we know now and uh, in placing people in permanent housing is, you know, it's one thing to put someone in a home, but what makes that a home is really that fellowship. And I think that's what you sense from a tent because there's fellowship that's there. Um, As a service provider um, and someone that works with human services and homeless services with the city, you know, that's where we take it a step further to figure out, you know, what, what's going to keep someone in their home? You know, that connection to community and neighborhood and to other neighbors, I think, is an important aspect, not just the technical aspect of putting someone in a home and providing social services. Uh, Cynthia, what is your organization's role in dealing with homeless people today? Well, Gateway Housing First uh, develops, owns, and operates permanent supported housing, and we prioritize our housing units when they're available for those who have the highest acuity of need. So, um, in other words, they're least likely to be housed by anyone else. They have the most barriers to housing, and uh, we try to engage them initially by providing them housing options that are immediately available to them and affordable and accessible. Paul, what was your your takeaway from this experience in terms of uh, you didn't know what you were getting into, but what was it you were thinking when you were getting out of it? Hmm. Uh, so takeaway, I learned a lot, um, and I think, you know, not only was I trying to, yeah, I guess hopefully make a movie to, to show some things, but it was me learning all this as I went, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot about mental illness, addiction, uh, how impossible uh, the human services director's job seemed. Um, yeah, it, it was just – it was a lot more expansive than I thought. Did you feel this was the right place for these particular people to be at that particular time? 
you know, when I first showed up, it, there was a lot, yeah, it was a lot of good energy and I didn't see, you know, anything wrong with it at first. I'm like, this seems great. And obviously the more I learned, the more complicated it all seemed. And, you know, it's, um, over time it became less peaceful, more violence occurred. So, you know, I, I think there's always obviously going to be homelessness. There's going to be one of people, be people who want to be outside. So, you know, what is that best solution? How do you best work with them? And so I, you know, that's these, these ladies, know better than me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that I was I was struck by, given this particular population. Uh, as I, I watched your film, as I did yesterday, I, I saw an awful lot of laptops. I saw a lot of Bluetooth action. There's a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, TVs, and drugs in the uh, in the tents. That doesn't sound like a, a terrific environment to me. Well, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I joked yesterday, I, I used to be a smoker, and I'm glad I quit, but so at the time, it you know, that didn't bother me. Um, but yeah, that, you know, the technology definitely surprised me at first of how, you know, you can have TV anywhere. Everyone's got phones. Mm-hmm. I keep contact with a lot of the homeless people I knew through Facebook still. Um, yeah, it was, there was a lot going on that surprised me. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the, uh, Film shows very, very clearly that the the group was there for two years, and then they were booted out by the city. The city awarded them uh, free apartments for a year, and then if at the end of a year they were would be required to uh, have a job and and pay for those uh, those facilities. Um, then the film shows that a very short time after that, seventy percent of them are back on the streets. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us a lot. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that the city of St. Louis, um, in partnership with the Continuum of Care, is that idea and approach of housing first, um, which is an evidence-based practice that um, we've been working very closely to figure out how do we instill that within the uh, city of St. Louis and, you know, basically across the country. Um, It's something that the uh, United States Department of Housing and Urban Development um, supports and and puts their funding um, support towards. Um, with that being said, you know, I think what we learned from that is um, with some of these individuals, um, they had higher needs than what rapid rehousing would lend to. And I think what from that situation, what we're learning and applying to today is the fact that we have to do some better assessments uh, with individuals. Um, Cynthia Duffy, um, I work closely with her. She's on the St. Louis City Continuum of Care. Um, I'm also a board member of that. And those are the types of things that we're looking at in terms of, you know, what does our community need to, first of all, practice housing first? Um, In doing that, we need a coordinated entry system. At the time that the 10 cities were going on, that was not in existence. With our coordinated entry system, we used a common assessment tool to figure out what are people's barriers. Does our community need rapid rehousing? Certainly we do. However, we also know that there are people with higher barriers in our community that rapid rehousing probably won't be that best option for them. And that option might be permanent supportive housing where they need housing support longer term um, along with um, the appropriate case management or social supports behind that. And I think in terms of the individuals that probably um, uh, kind of were evicted from their housing or dropped out of whatever program um, was at that time, it could be that that assessment wasn't accurate for that type of housing solution. Um, In terms of what we're doing now, I think we've definitely learned a lot 
um, from there and are figuring out how to learn from our mistakes and figure out um, how do we how do we ensure that people get into the right housing solutions with the appropriate levels of support? Is there enough available housing out there, Cynthia, enough, enough beds to accommodate uh, the need? I mean, nobody knows exactly how many homeless people are out there, or or do, or do we? Well, we do know approximately, based on a point of time count mm-hmm. that's required by HUD every year that each community um, takes part in to determine how many people are in shelters who are homeless and also who are living outside or in other places not fit for habitation. Uh, We also know how long people are waiting who have enrolled in housing programs but haven't secured housing housing through them yet. Um, So, no, we don't have enough housing to meet the needs of the community at this time. Um, Or we're not properly leveraging the resources that we do have to ensure that they can be spread across the community and meet everyone's needs. So what has to happen, Irene? I would, there's multiple things that have to happen. I think first of all, and, and I would say that the COC has done, um, has done, um, has taken the lead on this is to create that coordinated entry system. So we can kind of, we can have a homeless service delivery system that's responsive to the needs of people that are at risk or experiencing homelessness. You know, in terms of of identifying, do we have enough affordable housing stock? Um, I don't have data on that, but we do have landlords that are willing to, you know, work with individuals um, that um, either have that rapid rehousing or permanent supportive housing vouchers, and we we need more of them. Um, You know, the other part of this is um, illegal eviction evictions that happen. You know, there's a lot that lends um, into this that, you know, these are the, the, the data points that we have to be looking at when we figure out what strategies our community needs to um, end homelessness within our community. How, how can we realistically do this, though, if we don't really know anything about this group of people? We don't know how many they are. We don't know where they are. And yet we're trying to fashion a solution to the problem without knowing an awful lot about the extent of the problem. Well, and I, I think we do know how approximately how many there are, and I think we do know. How many? So from our last point in time count, we had 1,336. In um, the city of St. Louis. In the Uh city of St. Louis. We had unsheltered um, about 144. So we've got almost 1,000 out still on the streets. No. Well, those were the ones that are sheltered. Mm. The ones out on the street are 144. Still. That were found on that night of the point in time count. That, yeah. You go out and do periodic censuses. Is that, is that what you do? Yeah, once, we're required yeah. once a year to do the point in time count by HUD. Yeah. Let me come back to Paul and back to your film because, again, one of the things that struck me was the uh, the fact that people went back out on the streets after the, after that year. Um, what, what was your impression about that and reaction to that? Were you surprised that the, you had gotten quite close to these people? And uh, knew them and were with them in their in their housing for that one year. What was your reaction to their going back on the street? Yeah, I obviously knew um, it would work for some and it w- wouldn't work for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have maybe guessed on some, but I was definitely caught by surprise by mm-hmm. the results of some people. Um, the you know there was someone we were just talking about who's in the movie who he really loves being outside then he had an apartment for mm-hmm. a little while and that really surprised me how long he was in and then he's back out and this is just one example of someone who i thought was happier 
when he's outside mm-hmm. and he gained weight inside and it just didn't work for him. Um, but that's one example. I have yeah, another person in my film who is still in his apartment and it works great for him. What would your solution be to this problem? <laughs> I definitely don't know that, but all I know in my experience is um, yeah, how complicated the problem is. Homelessness always exists. I think people there will always be people who want to be outside. Um, I know some other cities have somewhat working tent cities with city involvement. I mean, I think accepting that there's always going to be people who want to be outside, and I don't know if it's tiny houses or finding land. I mean, kind of accepting that it's always going to be something and, I don't know, some alternative maybe to shelters, um, if that's tiny houses outside, some something that, I don't know. There's always going to be people who want to be outside, so whatever that solution may be. Cynthia, uh, all of the attention over the years that, that has gone to Larry Rice, and they finally closed New Life Evangelistic Center. Did that make the problem uh, worse by closing that facility? I think it made the um, the problem worse in that it was more apparent to the larger community, um, and it made the job of coordinating shelter for people who needed it much more difficult because there was no longer just a walk-up, anyone can go in mm-hmm. pretty much any time of the night and be accepted and kept warm for the evening. So um, in that way, it has made it more difficult and more apparent, but it has also forced us to get more aggressive in finding real solutions to homelessness because the only real solution is providing an affordable housing option that works for that household. Yeah. I mean, what's your thought about the Larry Rice factor in all of this? Um, I agree with Cynthia. Um, in terms of what we're seeing now, it really sheds the light in terms of what we need to do as a community to do better by our most vulnerable. Um, when uh, New Life Evangelistic Center closed, I mean, um, it became very apparent um, those individuals that were chronically homeless and have um, undiagnosed and untreated mental health. Um, and just to get them services, you know, they're now getting services. We're seeing they're getting in homes. Um, you know, we just have to do that a lot more efficiently, effectively, and quickly. Um, because homelessness, it doesn't define the person. It's a situation. It's a crisis. Um, you know, a lot of people, regardless of why they become homeless, I think the one thing that I've seen in all of them is they lack some sort of network of support, whether it was they were ashamed because they're in this situation or they just don't have family or friends. And so, you know, as a community, um, and really what drives me is how do we create that network of support for our community and get people into a home where they choose. And I and I agree with Paul, there should be a diversity of housing options, affordable housing options to choose from. Can I say, I just want to, your question for me before I wanted to add on that is, I obviously don't have a solution, but what you said I definitely agree is one main thing I learned is, I mean, the mental illness thing. Even, I think being outside, definitely there are some people who that works well. Now there's, you know, some people might be in a condition that they might not realize is just not good and maybe they can learn later on a better situation they can so i mean i wanted to add on that that i mean that's very rampant and i'm sure that's the hardest thing to tackle and help people with is the mental health in in your film you make a point at one point of suggesting that larry rice might have been in some way responsible for that tent city i mean i i think i make clear that he uh helped direct people down there um uh but he he 
was quickly not involved, but it was once Tucker Tunnel was closed, he said there's this land down here and kind of helped direct people down there. So he played a part, but, you know, was not involved in the tent city involvement at all after that. Uh, Another issue that gets raised all the time, and our time is winding down, is the quality of the shelters that we have in this community. Uh, Cynthia, I'll start with you. What what is your uh, impression of the quality of places available to these folks? I think the quality of shelter is satisfactory. But I Only think satisfactory. It, but I think that most people want a home of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are anecdotal examples of people who really want to live outside mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. But I think the vast majority of people who find themselves homeless want um, a safe place of their own that they can afford and maintain for the long run. But there needs to be an array of housing options available to them. They have to have choices like everybody else when looking for that next place to live. And then they have to be properly supported and making sure that they can maintain it. Irene, you ever thought about that, about the quality of the shelters available in the city? We have a minute. Um, in terms of the quality, you know, I think it's what we need in terms of a temporary shelter. But again, it should be that connection to housing getting people into housing as quickly as possible. And then the other part of that is just access to shelter. Um, Our community has transformed to a housing-first community, which is, you know, a mindset change that a lot of our shelters are struggling with, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. Well, we want to advise folks if they want to learn more about that that chapter in the homeless uh, uh, in St. Louis story, uh, see Paul Crane's uh, film tonight at the Tivoli. It's at 7.30? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at University City at the Tivoli. Uh, it's an interesting film, an interesting chapter, and uh, done nicely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Paul Crane, thank you for being with us. Irene Augustine, thank you for being with us as well. And Cynthia Duffy, nice to see you. Thank you as well for being with us. Archived versions of past St. Louis On the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis On the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.